You're listening to the BFOX and B Frank show. Not a lot to talk about this week because uh, not a lot of games happened in terms of college basketball. We are seeing cancellations come fast and furious. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will get to that later in the show. But to start, we do have the college football playoff that is coming up on Friday, which I don't like. New Year's Day, always, always, always. But they are still trying to make. New Year's Eve happen uh, for some reason, but two great matchups. We've been looking forward to these uh, for about a month now um, as they kind of rounded into form. And let's start with, well, maybe the big one. We'll see. Open to interpretation, but Alabama, Cincinnati, finally a non-Power 5 school is allowed entry into the playoff. Alabama is Alabama yep. uh, coming off a very strong performance against Georgia to win the SEC title. Thoughts on this one? Who do you see coming out on top? Uh, it, it depends greatly on which Alabama we get. Do we get the one that has let countless teams hang in games when they, they really shouldn't have been in them, as we saw throughout most of the beginning and middle part of the season? Or do we see the Alabama team we saw against Georgia who – emphatically impose their will offensively, defensively at the line of scrimmage, basically all over the field and in areas that Georgia, who had been the most dominant team to that point in the season, had been winning with ease. Uh, if, if we see the latter, it's going to be a bloodbath. It will be a blowout and it will be a detriment to the group of five because it will then turn in the naysayers even louder saying, well, why do we even bother putting these group of five teams in? They're just going to get blown out by these power conferences, the SEC, anyone who really is going to make the playoff. If it is on the other, the uh, the shoes on the other foot and we get a, a good run game from Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter kind of mixing it up a little bit, getting the defense to play like they did against Notre Dame and uh, slowing this game down, Cincinnati has a chance. I think it's going to be a close game for a bit, but I think Alabama pulls away. I am hopeful for a tight game and and will be cheering heavily for Cincinnati in this one. Yeah, and if Cincinnati gets the run game going, it'll have some Alabama flavors. Jerome Ford spent a couple years at Alabama before transferring mm-hmm. over. Uh, 31 career carries with the Tide, but he's quick to point out, you know, let's, let's call me a, a Bearcat not an Alabama transfer anymore. This is uh, the team he wants to be with, and, and he's had a great season. I'm excited to see uh, – well, I mean, both these games, I think, really present some great strength-on-strength matchups. But yeah. when Alabama has the ball, you've got Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, you may have heard of it. No John Mechie in the passing attack, but Williams has been a revelation all year. Alabama just keeps – getting high-level wide receivers, it seems like, um, in each and every class. Um, So that connection is still going strong. Going up against arguably the best part of Cincinnati's team, it's secondary, Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant, the Thorpe Award winner, um, are going to present a very difficult matchup for Bryce Young um, in a way that really no one else has been able to. Like, Georgia is very powerful up front. Their secondary, I don't think, is on the level um, of what Cincinnati can do. And I think in that championship game, 
Alabama was able to keep Bryce Young moving, mobile pocket, um, able to evade the rush and then find success against the secondary downfield. Um, I think that's going to be a little bit trickier of an ask against Cincinnati, so good on the back end. Um, but I think it'll be a great battle of wits um, with what Cincinnati can do defensively to try to confuse Bryce Young or make life difficult for him. Yeah, and I would even argue, too, that you don't really know how good your secondary is until you go up against these crop of receivers from Alabama because they can throw so much at you at all three levels of the passing game. Um, And it'll be a test, no doubt. But if you can slow down the passing game, obviously Alabama still runs the ball incredibly well. Robinson has been a force all season. If you can slow the the passing game down, make them a little more one-dimensional, it makes your life defensively a lot easier, Um, at least more uh, more predictable. Um, Size will be an issue. Cincinnati's certainly not anywhere near the level or the size of Alabama, that front seven, even in the secondary, but speed kills, and I think Cincinnati's got plenty of it. Yeah, and it's certainly a step up in class. Um, Yeah. You know, Cincinnati won – very high quality team they've played this year is Notre Dame stylistically could not be less similar to Alabama. Um, so it's going to be a lot of things that, that both teams have not seen. Um, but I, I still right. do think that, that this is going to be a step up in, in competition for Alabama in some respects. Um, I, I don't appreciate um, like any talk. I, cause I, had, I read this. I don't think it was tongue in cheek at all, but uh, Will Anderson talking about how, Alabama is an underdog and being disrespected like by who come on the number one team in the country yeah like people people might have gotten down on you um, because you lost to a backup quarterback at A&M and I, I think they would have had good reason to but I don't think anyone at this point after winning the SEC after throttling previously undefeated and, and a lot of people were thinking untouchable Georgia that anyone is sitting here in like Alabama, I don't think they're very good. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I I just like I understand trying to generate some adversity to to hype yourself up, but like it it feels very disingenuous to sit there and tell me that Alabama is an underdog here. It's it's naive even like just just to be able to to be in that headspace where you're like yeah we're we're the underdog here I don't I don't know what anyone's talking about I can't believe we're getting disrespected or slept on like this like okay sure sure this team's undefeated um and you guys are claiming that uh, they played no one and now uh, it should be a cakewalk but ultimately who you got here Alabama I'm gonna take the tide. Um, like I said, cheering for Cincinnati, but I'm going to take Alabama. Yeah, I definitely like Cincinnati with the points. I think they keep it within two touchdowns. Um, but yeah, I think Alabama's going to win. I and I think the spin zone here would be Cincinnati. There is a potential for a moral victory. I think. I don't know if you know, certain media types will grant it to them. But if they come out here and play competitively, I think hopefully people will relax a little bit um, in terms of immediately dismissing everyone outside of Power 5 schools. Uh, Because until there's playoff expansion, we don't want to fall back into 
what was um, mm -hmm. or I mean, what is really because we, we talked about like how hard it was for Cincinnati to even be the last team in uh, to this field. But yeah, I've got Alabama. I think Cincinnati covers. But yeah, just hope it's a close game. That's yep. what I will say. Above all Fingers else. crossed. Second game, the Orange Bowl. Uh, Georgia is number one for the vast majority of the season. They have fallen down to three, but these are neutral site games, so it doesn't really matter that much. Uh, Michigan, two seed after coming on strong late in the season. Um, you know, criticism in the past for Harbaugh not being able to, to really develop quarterbacks into stars. They kind of doubled down this year, and, you know, Cade McNamara played fine, took care of the ball for the most part, which is really all you can ask for, but just doubled down into being a running team. And especially late in the season, things really mm -hmm. clicked and they became very, very difficult to play against. But Georgia's going to be a challenge in that regard. Yeah, the good news is that they have that running game to rely upon. The bad news is that is the strength, as you mentioned before, or alluded to before. That is the strength of this Georgia defense. They are dominant against the run, uh, held Alabama to 115 yards on 26 carries in the SEC championship game. It was really through the air that all the work was done. Bryce Young had 400 plus yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Michigan, while McNamara has had a, a fine season, I think is the best way to put it. I don't know that he has a game anywhere near that in his arsenal, even at his best. And that is, really what they need. Defensively, they're going to be solid. They're going to cause some problems for Georgia. They've got speed and a decent amount of size, but Michigan has to play. I feel it's similar to what we're talking about with Cincinnati, Alabama, where Michigan really does have to play one of their best games in order to beat this Georgia team, because there are just so few deficiencies for Georgia. Yeah, this is a battle of two very similar teams. And honestly, like the more I think about it, I think it's very possible if Michigan plays in the sec East, they might have a very dominant regular season um, till running into the buzzsaw that is Alabama um, because you know, they, they run the ball extremely well. They've got a quarterback who, you know, is not a star, but won't lose games for you. Um, right. Which is really all you want. Um, have an excellent defense led at, uh, the point of attack by Aiden Hutchinson. So, I mean, it's it's really going to come down to the trenches. Like, this is a game that the old heads should love because um, it's just whoever wins the line yep. of scrimmage. Michigan somehow, some way, if, if they can effectively run the ball on Georgia, that will be the key to victory. I would be pretty shocked if it happens. Um, but it's, you know, like... Going up against Georgia, Georgia has allowed three rushing touchdowns all season, 2.6 yards per carry, which is actually higher than Alabama is should Michigan win this one mm -hmm. and face the tide. Uh, but that that seems like an especially tall order for me. And the other side, you know, Stetson Bennett, will he be able to get much done? Um, you know, it seems like the secondary is – a little more vulnerable uh, than the front for Michigan. Zamir White could have tough sledding if his offensive line is not able to create holes for him against the Wolverines. But yeah, I I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game at all. Um, I think it's going to be very close, but I do. I, I hate to pick an all SEC championship, but that's what 
the committee was hoping for when they manipulated the matchups to be this. So yes, I I think Georgia is just going to eke this one out. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, Georgia wins. I don't want it that way. I also don't want Michigan to win, so it's a lose-lose in this situation. Or at least it is if Alabama takes care of Cincinnati. It's it's tough. I Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of discourse on Twitter uh, between Georgia and Michigan fan base. I, I apparently figured out this week I have a portal into Michigan Twitter uh, based on who I follow and it's just too much but the discourse is very bleak um, both fairly unlikable in their own way certain parts of the fan base not not everyone obviously yes. but um, it's I'm not gonna feel super about um, either team winning just because I know the week following is just gonna be um, insufferable but I think Georgia wins. I think Alabama wins it all, um, but I'm with you. I, I think the best story certainly would be Cincinnati having a lot of success, um, you know, whether they win or not, um, just putting forth a good showing, I think, is the first representative um, from the Power Five or non-Power Five because, yeah, let's be honest, most semifinals are not competitive, but if this is not competitive, it will be held against as an indictment against the entire group of five and i would prefer that we not let stupid people get away with that i agree gary barta looking at you <laughs> the worst all right um let's let's also hope that the rest of the um new year six that is scheduled um gets to be played because we're we're seeing cancellations come. Uh, we mentioned college basketball, seeing the Bulls um, being canceled last minute today, four hours before kickoff, UCLA, North Carolina State um, getting canceled. Really, really feel for the kids. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of opt-outs, but there are a lot of uh, a lot of kids, certainly the fans who traveled. This game means a lot, too. So hope that the New Year Six um, continues. Hope that the playoff happens. Um, none of these teams have outbreaks. but. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a great season. Like to see it uh, finish cleanly. But yeah, that to uh, look forward to this weekend. Not a lot of basketball to talk about because not a lot of games were going to be played anyway. Just for typical Christmas break, a lot of teams uh, give to their players outside of the the Diamond Hood Classic, which championship game didn't even get to be played. So right. Had to had to make sure Vanderbilt and Stanford didn't go home happy, but um, I've got more SEC talk since we haven't done too much of it yet. Uh, big winner for the week, I think, has to be Tennessee Volunteers. Yep, knocking off previously unbeaten uh, Arizona and a re coming out party for a guy I think a lot of people forgot was still in college basketball, John Fulkerson. Yeah, he's getting everybody folked up, double double. 24 and 10, uh, a pretty raucous home crowd. And I, I think the first time that anyone made Arizona look remotely beatable, um, and then they were able to hold off the comeback and, and actually finish the job. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, th- this is a high powered Arizona offense. They held them to 73 points and, Honestly, the Wildcats did not look comfortable outside of 
uh, Benny Mathurin, who's always going to get his seemingly uh, 28 points in this game, 8 of 16 shooting, 9 of 11 from the line, does it all. But foul trouble killed Arizona. Tennessee was able to take advantage when they needed to. Uh, not great from the free throw line. Again, I, I think I've harped on this like five or six times. This season, I have never seen free throw shooting as bad as I have in college basketball. Both teams at 66.7%. Not great for those doing the math at home. Um, but yeah, like defensively, they looked very solid. Even with um, Kennedy Chandler going 2-14 from the field, Tennessee found a way to win this one. Defensively solid, like I said, and, and it's a great win. Arizona looked they they were probably two wins away from me considering them to be the number one team in the country. Like they, if they get this one and then start off um, Pac-12 play well, grab a win against, uh, well, now the games are postponed, but UCLA or USC, there there was no doubt in my mind that I was at number one. Yeah, I mean, this would have been a great win on the road. Um, Matherin has been phenomenal all season, certified stud, um, yep. but Credit to Tennessee, like shaky game. It, it was very much a college game at times. Um, so you alluded to free throw shooting, the most noticeable of those. Uh, but it was it was sloppy at times. But this is what Tennessee does to teams. You know they are so solid defensively. Been going back and forth between LSU seemingly uh, for the last couple of weeks and who is the most efficient defense uh, according to Ken Palm. LSU holds that right now, but. Uh, Tennessee was able to take a team that had been just blowing the doors off every single team they played, including some, you know, pseudo quality teams like Michigan um, and, you know, had that solid road win over Illinois as well. This would have been another very good resume building win in tough environments, um, unable to completely finish off Tennessee. Um, but I, I think this, once again, underscores how strong the SEC is going to be this year because um, we haven't really spent too much time talking about Tennessee as a contender for conference title, even though they absolutely are. Um, but they're just another very, very good team um, in what is a very deep top of the SEC. And I know people like to poke fun at Rick Barnes, um, and I have become an apologist of, of sorts <laughs> On the show, um, yes. But for now, let's let's celebrate this win uh, together, Val Nation. I know you're out there. Um, get folked up, you know. Do what you will, and for the time being, you know, feel good about the state of the program. It's it's going to come down to you know, ultimately, whatever tournament run Tennessee goes on is going to hinge on how well they can, you know, run their offense and score, which when they lose, it gets pretty ugly, but yeah, with how they are defending at such a high level, um, I think things are looking pretty good in Knoxville right now. Yeah. I, I think you touched on a few important things like consistency, I guess is the best way to put it. And it's such a simple thing, but last year they had basically none and they had such a good team and, and really let an opportunity slip by this year. Same thing that now they're backed up, like you said, by this elite level defense, um, but I think part of the reason that we haven't been able to talk or haven't been talking about Tennessee as much this season so far is just, well, besides the fact of the emergence of the top nine of the SEC being just so good, um, 
is the fact that the t- the teams they played early on really have fallen off or at least have not lived up to that hype. Like the North Carolina game, uh, that was a nice 17-point win that really gets overlooked because the Tar Heels have been meh since then. Villanova has been a shell of themselves since their big win over Tennessee. They lost to Texas Tech. Like Colorado was never supposed to be anything great, but they have looked so uh, subpar, excuse me. Uh, and And like that's killed them to this point. Now they've got this win over Arizona, which will carry for sure. And now they got a date with Alabama to really open up SEC play, and and that'll be a great opening game. Yeah, and do you do you have any other winners? Uh, we can do, talk about Alabama if you want to okay. jump into well, it. I, yeah, I had Alabama um, as my big loser. It feels appropriate that. Tennessee and Alabama are going to play uh, the night this comes out. And I'm sure reverse the narrative. Like that is, it is yep. almost a guarantee, but uh, looking at Alabama, they had, had built up so much positive momentum from early season wins, especially over Gonzaga. Um, you throw Houston in there as well. And they seemingly can't stop tripping over their feet um, against, you know, non-Power 6 schools. Um, I understand the win over Houston was over a non-Power 6 school, whatever. Ignore that part. They're highly ranked. But yeah, uh, they're, like, pseudo-quality losses, but as a team that aspires to have some consistency in the top 10, they're games you should not be losing, especially at home. Um to Davidson as they did in this one. Uh, Davidson's quality team, Foster Lawyer, coming over from Michigan State, has been a uh, coming into his own for Bob McKillop. But uh, this was a last-minute, hastily scheduled game, so the lack of scouting could have proved an additional challenge here. But Alabama is a really hard team to read right now. Because I said, Mm -hmm. they have those great wins. They've struggled getting any sort of consistency. This is now two out of three losses sandwiched around a very close win over Jacksonville State. Um, So all their momentum has fallen off. Um, Tennessee has done nothing but gain it with a couple of 40-point wins before handing Arizona their first loss of the season. So again... I expect Alabama to win this game um, because it's illogical and that's the way the world works. But right now, um, Alabama is definitely looking for answers. And, um, you know, they're, they're not getting blown out, but these are these are all games they probably should have won. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I have a quick answer. Or at least quick fix. It's not necessarily going to be a fix, but a, a quick way to turn this around. You're playing Davidson, a team that has been solid at the mid-major level for a long time, like we've talked about. You know, obviously, everyone knows Steph Curry, or have maybe have heard of him, uh, played there and put them on the map. Davidson, sure, they're shooting 50% from three. It's whether it's luck or they're just getting open looks and hitting them, whatever it may be. Defensively, you need to turn it up. But on the offensive end, there is no need to take more than half of your shot attempts against a mid-major opponent from three-point range. You have size, you have athleticism, you have speed that this team, Davidson, does not. You should be attacking the rim. You're at home. Probably going to be a slightly favorable whistle. 
uh, you should be going absolutely at them and trying to make the official make a call or at least get to the free throw line where they only shot eight total free throws in the game. Um, again, three blocks for Davidson. They're not a shot blocking team. This is where you should be living. If if you are a power conf, power six team playing a mid-major or lower, there is no reason on earth that you should be shooting more threes than twos. Just simply cannot happen. Yeah, and that, that was the one concern coming into the season uh, with Alabama being so perimeter-driven that achieving balance could prove difficult. Uh, I will also say J.D. Davison, not 100%. That is the one olive branch I will extend to Alabama. But even so, um, that's, that's what we talked about last week with uh, Kentucky and North Carolina. You just need balance. And yeah. you, you need to be able to go inside and get a bucket when you absolutely have to have something. Um, and in Alabama doesn't really have that with any sort of consistency. They're absolutely loaded on the perimeter, but um, there is potential um, relative weakness inside. And it hasn't really reared its head too much um, from a rebounding perspective or anything like that. But, you know, in terms of offensive balance on nights where your shots aren't falling, then you kind of need to recalibrate, look for plan B, look to attack the rim more. I don't really know if they've found that gear. Um, you know, they're, they're able to get out and transition and run. And when their shots are falling, like they did against Gonzaga, they look amazing. Um, yeah. But when they have to adjust, go to something else, that's when things get a little tricky. You allow good teams, but inferior teams talent wise to hang around and sneak by uh, for some victories as Davidson did, as Iona did. Yep. Anyone else you want to? Uh, I'm going to give Xavier a, a loser on this one. Okay. Uh, they they fall to a, I would say, reeling Villanova team. Uh, yes, it was a road game at the Pavilion where Villanova rarely loses, but you were winning for a vast majority of this game, including a, an eight-point lead early in the second half. You're tied 51-51 with six minutes left. Villanova not shooting the ball well. They aren't doing much offensively. Um, and then they go on a 20-7 to run to close out the game. This is one that I wouldn't say Xavier needed, but it felt like one to uh, stamp their legitimacy and, and, more importantly, crush Villanova, like put them at the bottom of the Big East standings. They're now one and one They're probably feeling pretty good because they pick up a top 25 win in this game. And really battled back after a poor performance. They again shot the ball poorly. Um, six of 21 from three, just 11 of 17 from the free throw line as well. Xavier coughed up the ball. They didn't shoot well from three and really let Villanova back in and maybe even back in the race in the big East, because I'm not going to say this team was done, but they were teetering on being seven and five Oh, and two in big East play. I think for the first time since realignment and really, like searching for answers. I think Villanova really got pushed to the point of desperation. And that's where you saw the late run um, because yeah, like this is uncharted waters a little bit. Um, once, once Jay Wright got the monkey 
off of uh, Villanova's back is, you know, being a team that has good regular seasons, consistently chokes in the tournament. They're not that team. They're not that program anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So having a start this slow, three losses to top four teams, and then an embarrassment against Creighton, which really seems like the only type of games that Creighton wins against Villanova. Um, right. But this one was, you know, going Xavier's way most of the evening and Villanova really just turned it on at the end. Um, you know, just kind of being in that position before some experience. And this was one they really had to have because three of the next four, they've got ranked uh, matchups coming up and DePaul's in there too. Um, and, and DePaul has not been an automatic victory. Uh, yeah. This year, as they typically are, um, but had to get that first Big East win. Um, unfortunate for Xavier that came at the Musketeers' expense because, from their perspective, weren't able to close. Looks a little bit like a choke job, but yeah, it just Villanova got pushed in the corner and, you know, good response at least. Yeah, and I can't wait for a, a new look, refreshed Villanova to come out and shoot like 65% from three against Seton Hall on New Year's Day. That's going to be so much fun. It's always good to get a team um, coming off of a frustrating stretch, um, a very talented team, that is. Um, you know, like basically like Butler um, getting Purdue after yeah. the Boilermakers had a pretty rough week um, and, and just getting annihilated. So I don't think that'll happen to Seton Hall because Villanova's not as good as they typically are, but COVID problems could help. We'll see. Yeah. That, that should be a, a very tight, entertaining game um, at the very least. But yeah, that, that would have been, that would have been big time panic mode for Villanova. If you're Oh, and two, going into that game very easily could turn into zero and three. Cause that's that Seton yeah. hall, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's not going to be an easy game either way, but it's full you sellout at least, too. So the yeah. whole building's going to be packed. You at least don't have the specter of zero and three hanging over your shoulder. One and two will be bad enough, but yeah, as that's my glass half full look at uh Villanova basketball right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, it it feels like a it felt like a must win there for Villanova, but then again they they just don't have the easiest of start. And you know, and I, I sound I feel like Kevin Willard at this point, but talking about scheduling, they just don't have an easy start to Big East play. And I think a lot of that can just be attributed to to how well the league as a whole has per, uh, performed in the non conference. Yeah, there just aren't going to be many easy games for anyone. Uh, yeah. Just because the, the league outperformed expectations by so much non-conference, like DePaul, the uh, yeah. example of that. Um, Georgetown's at the bottom. Longer. They've got to win yeah. over future 11 seed Syracuse. So that's you know, that's always fun. That was a good old Big East matchup there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, Georgetown, Butler might be slightly easier games, but once you're at the the top of the league and, you know, have owned the league for as long as Villanova has, you're going to get everybody's best shot regardless. Um, So they they definitely look a little bit more vulnerable this year to maybe not be able to withstand that. 100%. 
any other losers or feeling, that's it. feeling nice? Yeah, same holiday season. Yeah, not not as many people to pick on. Um, uh, that'll that'll do it for us. Short show this week. Hope everyone had a lovely Christmas and uh, it's a very safe and happy New Year. And I hope that after the couple weeks of a lot of cancellations, we'll be smoother sailing the rest of conference play and certainly knock on wood through the tournaments. Uh, so fingers crossed there. We will be back next week to talk about it. Hopefully some good news um, in terms of the college football playoff. Cincinnati has a good showing and uh, then full steam ahead college basketball season. We're looking forward to it. Hope mm-hmm. you are too. And we will be back with you next week.